Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the Story Night Podcast. If you've listened for a while, you may remember back when we met Sandra, and Sandra runs a Christian writing group for Calvary Mac, and just continues to connect us with all these other women who are amazing authors. Well, recently Sandra went to a Christian writing conference and my email just flooded with all these new people to meet all these new stories to record. So ladies, we get to meet Amy tonight. And I would like to just ask you, Amy, to introduce yourself and and let me thank you also for taking time to do this before. So, yeah, thank you so much, Jessica. It's great to even share my story, to have an opportunity for that. So I appreciate that. My name is Amy Earls. I was born in San Diego and my family moved to Oregon when I was six years old. So I grew up in a small town in Oregon, very small. I went to an even smaller Christian school. So I was actually the only graduate my senior year. It was that small. So So it's very easy to have class reunions because I am the only one. Uh, But I was involved in my local church growing up my whole life. That was what we did in our small town was go to church. That was, that was basically all there was there. I grew up there when I was graduated from high school and in my college years, I was going to college and I also was helping with my youth group there. I was a youth leader for the middle schoolers. And that's actually how I met my husband. Eric, and he was the youth pastor of another church in a town nearby. And he does not remember meeting me that day, which is sad, but (laughs) it's not the, you know, love at first sight kind of story for that. But we did meet that way. We got to know each other a lot more as friends. And uh, we went to China on trips together with, there were a bunch of churches who were invited to be a part of a team who would help with summer camps. They were looking for teens to help with and college age, you know, adults, young adults uh, to help with summer camps there in China. And so I did that with Eric. And then eventually it was, we realized that we were the right fit for each other and got married in 2008. So then I decided after that I had graduated from college, but then I said, I I think I want to go back to college. I decided I wanted to go into teaching, which was kind of one of those things where I, I always had that gift, but I never really wanted to do it because learning was difficult for me. I struggled through high school, but college was a lot easier. And, and I decided to go that direction. So I did. And with that, with that decision and a lot of changes and just with getting married with a lot of things that were happening in my family at the time with my parents and my sisters, there was just a lot of stress and health stuff that came up. I began to get really sick a lot and I struggled with eating food. It was hard for anything to really digest very well. I got a number of tests done. Nothing was showing up. They just said, okay, you have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. That's what we say when we can't find anything else. So I lived with that for eight years. It was very difficult because it was extremely painful. And there were times where I just couldn't go into classes. I couldn't, I was working part-time at a writing center 
and I had to call in sick a lot. And it was a very difficult years. And I began to develop uh, some depression with that. And then in the middle of that, I had my first baby and I had postpartum depression and anxiety from that as well. And it was, it was very difficult. Those, those first couple of years, it was hard for me physically, mentally, in every way it was difficult. Then I ended up having my second baby three years later. I don't know what it was hormones. I don't know, but all of that anxiety went away and it was just, it was gone. I started to feel better, but I worked at that time shortly after I had my second kid, my second girl, I have two girls and I started to, I had my master's degree at that time. I had finished my master's while my first one was an infant was a baby. And I started to teach at a community college teaching writing and it was wonderful. And I loved it. And I was just happy doing that. Yet I realized that I was using work as an outlet for my stress that I had a lot still and the underlying anxiety that I hadn't completely gotten rid of or that hadn't completely gone. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that's a lot there, but, um, that's just kind of a background of my story. And I want to focus specifically on one, but that's a little bit about me in, in the beginning leading up to that story. I'm so glad you shared that because it always, it's so helpful to have context. And for those again, who have, if you've been listening for a long time, you know, that sometimes the stories give sort of equal weight to each season of life or, or each, you know, decade of life or chapter of life. And other times we kind of rush through many, many years and then park at a particular season and spend some time there. So, so for this particular episode, we've gotten the cliff notes version of your life all the way up until just about four years ago. And that's kind of where we're going to pick up the story and spend the bulk of our conversation of what happened, what you went through, but it's so helpful to have this background information. So with that, will you share with us the last four years of your life? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that I get to share this because I feel like I learned so much during this time. Uh, so about four years ago, like I mentioned before, I was in that place where work was becoming an outlet for me and I was just working part-time yet. It was also really hard for me to manage working part-time plus being a stay at home mom or, you know, with my two kids as well. And balancing all of that was a difficult thing. And so I, I just felt a little bit of turmoil turmoil, even though I was enjoying working because I, it was a creative outlet as well. So I listened to this podcast episode one day where this woman was going through a passage in the Bible in Proverbs 31. And she was talking about how we're made to create. And as women, we're, we're made to actually have some kind of creative outlet or a way that we create in our home or around us. And she prayed this blessing over all the women who are listening that we would have joy and creativity in, in whatever season we found ourselves in, whether that was as stay-at-home moms, whether that was retired from a career, working in that work kind of place, um, as even creative people such as artists and writers. And I just remembered specifically two things came to my mind and just overwhelmed me with just this peace and joy 
and a release of my stress. And I remember feeling specifically that I needed to be a stay-at-home mom completely and that I needed to start writing and start writing novels. And I had written lots of things, you know, with my master's degree and stuff like that in, in writing and teaching writing, but I had never done anything like a novel before. I had never even considered it. Well, no, that's not true. I did when I was 11 years old, I attempted my first novel, but it had been years <laughs> since I had written anything like that. And so I just felt like this, this call to do this to that. That's what I was supposed to do. I was scheduled to teach a class that fall and I was like, okay, well, I'm still scheduled to teach, but if I'm supposed to stay home, I believe that it will happen. And so it ended up the class got canceled because there were not enough students registered. And I said, I'm going to stay home then. I'm, I'm not going to take any more right now. And uh, this is the perfect time to do that. So I ended up staying home with my kids, which actually proved to be a great thing because my family ended up, uh, my husband and I were wanting to move to another town where we were involved in our church and community and all kinds of things. We wanted to live there because we were not living there at the time. And so after looking for a home there for years and a job for Eric, we were able to sell our house within five days where we were at and find the new one a week later. And Eric got a job right when we moved. And so it was just like one thing after the other, this all this happened after just years of, of really wanting, feeling like this is where we were supposed to be. And so I just was in a place where I felt incredibly happy. I had a lot of joy at home. I had this release of just, just fully engaged with my kids and doing fun stuff with them. And I started writing my first novel and it, it was just a wonderful experience. My food allergies too, that I had struggled with for years before, like I had mentioned, they all completely vanished. I, I had been sick for a long time. And I don't know if I mentioned that it was, it ended up being from food allergies, but all of that was completely gone and uh, all was good. And then COVID happened. And I know that that is the big, big thing for a lot of people that all is well until COVID. <laughs> so you know, it's interesting because I felt like I was healed for life, that I was better for life. And it was, I believe that I was for a time, yet it wasn't completely done. It, I wasn't completely better. And that would prove to be okay. <laughs> uh, difficult, but okay. So there was the stress of being a stay-at-home mom on repeat. It was going back to the years prior where I just felt stressed and, and depressed and anxious. And all of it came back as my oldest, I had to work through elementary school. Uh, it was, we we're going, she was going into first grade and being at home with her doing online school every day when she has learning disabilities as well as learning two languages at once because it's a dual immersion with Spanish and English. And so there was a lot of stress from that. All of my food allergies and IBS stuff returned, major anxiety. I found myself praying every night with my husband. I said, I have to, this is what's helping me uh, to survive. And it was one of the hardest moments of my life of literally needing to cry out to God because I didn't know what else to do. 
like someone, you know, God rescue me. I I need, I need help here. I need, I, I need to get out of this. And I saw a therapist. I finally found a med that helped after I tried one that made me worse. It made me so sick and I was losing a lot of weight. It was not good for me. And then I found one that really helped me. And I learned that it's okay to take meds if, if you find something that helps you. So that was a good, a good thing for me to learn as well. I began to get better and now I am so much better. That stressful time has improved as we've gotten out of the pandemic somewhat. And yeah, I, I still have anxiety episodes due to stress today. So it's still there yet. I've learned a lot and I, I really do feel like God got me out of that situation of just of that desperateness and that dark place of feeling like my mind was taking over. My anxiety was taking over and, and all of that I got pulled out from, you know, so many people use the word anxiety today. I know for some, when they say that they're just kind of referring to, oh, I, you know, something was kind of stressful for this one day or like, oh, we, we had to move or, you know, start a new job mm-hmm. and others are using it at a much higher level. So I just, I know that there are some people out there that really haven't maybe ever experienced that level of anxiety and maybe wondered if you would take a moment just to sort of pull back the curtain and I guess, enlighten those who don't get it. I know there are a lot of women who do, and they are nodding and they are going, yes, that is me. That is my story. Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And there are also some women that might be thinking, okay, so you're a little stressed. Like what's the bit, do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. And I think it's always helpful for us to understand each other a little bit better when we mm-hmm. don't have the same story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad that you parked on that for a little bit. So the state of anxiety for me, I know is it's partly genetic because it, it does run in my family. My daughter also struggles with it, my oldest. It's this place of just overwhelm with panic, with feeling like I don't know how to get out of this situation, a stuck kind of feeling, but not just physically feeling stuck because I know a lot of, specifically moms can feel like they're trapped a little bit in, in the day-to-day getting kids to nap or getting kids to go to sleep or feeding them without having tantrums and emotions as a result and all of that. And so there can be a feeling of feeling stuck. This is, I think a little bit of like the heavy emotional kind of feeling that goes with that, uh, a feeling of may have heard the phrase of the fight or flight kind of thing. Whereas if you have a bear that comes in front of you, you're, you're going to fly out of there, uh, or you're going to fight it. And it's that flight kind of feeling of, I need to get out of here and something's not, this is not right. That can build up. It can exasperate. It can, and it can also depend on if I'm getting enough sleep, if I'm, you know, if I'm eating well, if I'm exercising, all of those things can help balance that a little bit, but it it is different than just feeling stressed from a busy day. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for taking a moment to sort of describe it. And so often when people genuinely have something that can't be seen with somebody, if they have a broken leg or if they need a wheelchair, you don't say, oh, it's just all in your head. Just, you know, just get up. And if you really want to walk, you can just get up and walk. But I think sometimes our 
society sort of takes that approach to anything that's about our mental health. Like, yes. Okay. Well, if you just, you know, just think positive, everything will be great. Not that thinking positive is a bad thing, but it's a little incomplete and it's a little, yes. Um, like, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a, a small band aid compared to how big mm-hmm. things like anxiety or depression or other things really are. Yeah. And I think that it can be varying degrees for different people that different people handle stress or, or different, uh, reactions to things differently. And so mm-hmm. I, I would even say it's okay to get help. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay that if you need mm-hmm. a certain medication or maybe you're into essential oils and you found that that work one that works for you. No person is exactly the same and right. what's going to help them. Right. And to say one is right or wrong is, I mean, maybe I'm getting too political or something there, but, but I just feel like for me, I just know that getting help was the best thing. And it was, it was important for me to, to do that, to improve and to, to become better. Right. Well, we have a, we have a very creative God who doesn't heal in only one way. You had mentioned earlier that there was a podcast that really was very meaningful to you, kind of a turning point for you. And, and now for this next part of your story, there's going to be a book that was very meaningful and kind of a turning point for you. I love that we have all of these resources, right? Podcasts, movies, shows, books, blogs, there's all these things. And I think we all have something, even a song that just maybe turned things around for us. So what was the book you read and what happened? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that too, is it doesn't all come at once. And I sometimes wish it did that we could all get the, all the answers and say, okay, I'm good. I'm better now. Uh, and that's how I felt. I was, I was better. I was happy. I had joy and all of that, but as I found out it came back. And so I, I think that uh, the resources when we need them though, uh, God brings those. And so this one book that I had read called sensitive and strong, a guide for highly sensitive persons and those who love them. And that's by Sherry Gregory and Denise J. Hughes. And it was, I got to tell you, I first started it and I'm like, I don't want to read this (laughs) because I realized how much I identified to it. And I didn't want to be that highly sensitive person. I realized how much work that brings for people around me. And it wasn't something I was enthusiastic about being. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I also understood that I was not alone. I was not the only one who, I don't even want to say it's a struggle. It's just an identity that God has given me and that I am a certain way and I can use it for good. I can use it for how you know, for, to bless others. And I, I actually love this quote. I was just going to read this quote from the book. Uh, it, it says, whichever way you turn your sensitivity into a beautiful outward expression, that can be your gift to others. And maybe your gift is just the thing this hurting world needs. And I love that so much because I feel like when it's hard to be a highly sensitive person, I know that other people may need what I can give in order to say, yes, I understand. I relate to that and I need encouragement in it. I also was able to then understand that 
I can let go of my shame of, of my weaknesses and that it's okay. It's a, it, my weaknesses are a part of me. I don't like them, (laughs) but, but it's okay to have them. I can appreciate that I'm a complicated person and, and be content with that, that I don't have to apologize to my husband when I feel like my anxiety is more than he wants to hold or handle. You know, I can, I can tell my kids when I'm not feeling well enough to go do something. If, if I'm having like a food reaction again, and it's causing the anxiety and it's just the circle kind of effect thing, I can be honest with them and it's okay. And I don't have to be embarrassed when I need to ask my friend to drive me somewhere because I have PTSD from car accidents and that triggered my anxiety as well. And, and I just need help with that. Um, and you know, I, I've learned that it helps to meditate. I I like to meditate on scripture, praying, exercise, all those things are so good for me, but as a part of being a highly sensitive person and, and that is a part of me and having the right tools will help. Um, but it's also okay in my weaknesses too. I remember hearing about the highly sensitive person years ago. And, uh, you know, at least from what I remember and what I read, there were kind of different ways to be an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And that some people might be highly sensitive in when it comes to the sensory lights and sounds and things around them, others more to emotions and social situations and so forth. It really is, you know, an accurate description of, of a lot of us. And probably a lot of women listening are going, I, maybe they already are familiar and they know that they are an HSP others who might be thinking, I think I am. How do I find out? And ladies, we'll put the link to the book in the episode notes. Yeah. And there's a lot of books and information out there online as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't read any other ones yet. The one thing I liked about this book is that it did bring a sense of hope Mm -hmm. and, and well, I got to say that leading up to that part of hope, it didn't feel very hopeful. (laughs) I was like, is there any hope for me? Where's the solution? (laughs) So, and, and I realized that, you know, the, the solution was God for, you know, that I needed to just trust that he can use me and and knows me and created me the way he, he did. So, uh, yeah, there, but there's a lot of information. What I want to know, and I, what I haven't figured out yet is what there is about highly sensitive people and who are stay at home moms or parents and, and what that means for their parenting. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to find out. But there's a but there's a lot of research that has been done on that. Absolutely. And it, you know, it even crossed my mind. I'm sure somebody's already done this to find out who in the Bible would have been an HSP. Yes. And that would be great. So I'm now, sure there was at least one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you had talked about earlier in the episode, you know, that you tried your first novel at, you know, maybe age eleven or so. But we started this by saying that the way we got connected was uh, through Sandra, who found you at the Christian Writing Conference. So before we, you know, do any wrap up or or pray for our listeners, I did want to give you a chance to sort of share anything that you're, anything you're doing or writing, or if, you know, 
if a listener is thinking, I'd, I'd like to hear more from Amy or read anything Amy's written, what would, how would they find you? Give us all of your, all of your links and yes. information. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. I have written, a, a. am finishing up a series for young adults. It's speculative kind of portal fantasy, uh, fun adventure call to adventure kind of retelling of the walls of Jericho. And it's just this, since it's set in, in a kind of a fun, different kind of world and, and connected to our world today, it's kind of representing just the call to adventure that God wants to invite us to. So I don't write anything about HSP in there yet. I do know that, uh, part of just my struggles have been projected into my protagonist Paro and just some of the things that she goes through are some of the things that I have gone through, such as, uh, from fear to favor to faith and that journey of recognizing that, that, uh, her faith can be bigger than her fear. So I am enjoying it so much. It's been such a fun writing journey. You can find me at amyearls.com. I also have a podcast for teens. So if there's any teens who like to listen to podcasts, I make it focused on encouragement and uh, to fly by faith and, and also in prayer. And, and I interview a lot of YA authors. So uh, you can check me out at amyearls.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at author Amy Earls. Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, we'll have all those links in the episode notes. So if you're you know, driving and thinking, I didn't get to write any of that down, don't worry. <laughs> we've, we've got those all for you. It's just so great to hear you tell the story of what God brought you through and that you ultimately landed on that word hope. That's, that's really, that's the whole point of this podcast. If anyone is listening to this podcast for the very first time, this is the story night podcast, and this is real women, real stories, real hope, you know, so we really follow that flow of, okay, well, who are you? And then what's your story, which often includes some suffering of, of some kind. And every story is a little different. Some are really dramatic. Some aren't, but regardless of the story, regardless of the struggle, there's, there's always hope because there's a God who gives us hope. So Amy, for any woman out there listening who relates to any of this and maybe is struggling with anxiety, uh, struggling with just even kind of that identity, or maybe being a stay-at-home mom, maybe realizing she is an HSP, or maybe she already knows that. But I always like to ask our speakers to pray for the listeners and just sort of thinking of, of your story and the women listening who relate to your story and wondered if you would pray over them. Yes, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we just know that you are in charge above all else. That we, as we submit our lives to you, that you promise us that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And it doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're not going to have struggles. I've had plenty. Yet we know that we are victorious in you because. You have called us to a, a better life, a deeper life, a life uh, full of your life, full of a life giver. 
So I just pray for every woman listening who maybe identifies with being a sensitive person who identifies with anxiety and depression, or even just the struggle of being a stay at home mom or relationships with their kids. I just pray that you would bring comfort. You would bring courage and that you would bring complete healing. I know that you, uh, you bring healing. And even when it seems like it's, it's not happening, you are working. You are accomplishing great things. So I pray for a release of joy in in these women's hearts, that there would be hope and that hope would be uh, what what, uh, just draws them closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Amy. That phrase you just said, a release of joy, I I hope listeners hear that and can just take that if if they don't remember anything else that they can remember that release of joy I, I think that's that's so impactful and just how you shared that you really had that healing and felt like it was going to be for a lifetime and it turned out to just be for a season but that it was still okay yes I know so many will relate to that so ladies Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by Amy's story. Amy, thank you so much for sharing. Again, it's always it's always fun to have a fellow podcast host on here. I always feel like you all probably do this way better than I do. So I don't know about that. You've done great. <laughs> but so fun that you have this for teenagers. So I, I love that. I hope some of the ladies listening, maybe they have teens in their life they can share this with, or maybe there are some teens listening to this and that they can find your podcast. So thank you for taking time to do this and for sharing your story. And listeners, we hope you have a wonderful week and that you get that release of joy that Amy talked about. And that you'll come back next time for our next story. Good night, y'all. The Story Night Podcast. A ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women.